Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome or welcome back to Soap Floor, the official gathering place for newbies, novices, and OG diehard fans of the golden age of prime time. I'm your host, Jet, and we're viewing and reviewing the soapiest, sudsiest primetime storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. It is a Falcon Crest type of day. Make sure your Molo is on deck as we explore the different ways Julia can play herself while being confined in the penitentiary. I'm giving you the good, the bad, the bold, and the bubbly of this iconic soap. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids to play outside or out of sight. So, babe, listen, no questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25-35 minutes. Tell everyone else in earshot, and I mean students, faculty, co-workers, preacher, I don't care who it is, tell them, listen, you can be cool, you can be quiet, or you will be kicked out, because baby, my stories are on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lore. Hello, gorgeous. I hope this Saturday is treating you very well. Welcome to another fun full edition of Soap Lore. We are on season three, episode eight of all three of our iconic soaps. That would be Dynasty Dallas and today's feature, Falcon Crest. When last we left, Julia was having a realization that, man, you really got to treat people well. She managed to play herself in the most spectacular of fashions. Not only did she murder two people in cold blood, she then forgot to bank on her wealth and her blue blood and her alibi. Instead, she decided she was going to be Mother Teresa and confess her sins, hoping for, for the death penalty, only to end up with life in prison, which is already bad enough as it is. However, how does life in prison sound when you have to live life in prison with the kid you bullied in elementary? Oh, what a day. We're going to jump into season three episode eight called Solitary Confinements, which surprisingly sounds like it's about Julia. Now we're going to do the Watch With Me style podcast. I'm going to watch about halfway through. Maybe I'll, I'll comment a couple of times before if I feel the need to. But Falcon Crest is one of those shows where they move a little bit slower. They have slowed down the pace in season three. They're giving us the meat and potatoes of all the situations, but nothing has really bubbled over just yet. When last we left, Jacqueline's will was read for everyone. Chase and Richard are now $5 million Richard. And if they can continue to build a brotherhood, they can be $25 million more rich. All right. I am drinking regular, regular coconut water because I'm recording this slightly early in the day. And it's all I had on hand. I will probably, I'll start including better recipes and all those sorts of things a little later on. But we're not here to eat. Actually... I think this is the best way to watch this show. So as I was reading before, when I first started this project, back in the day, these shows were everything. There were watch parties, kind of like we do now. People made t-shirts, etc. So I think if this is your way to kick back and enjoy, and you want to watch these in real time, please watch them on the Amazon Prime app on Freevee. I'm not sure what else they're on, but I know for sure they're on these apps. Falcon Crest and Dallas will have commercials. You will have to buy Dynasty because they're kind of they're trying to recoup all that money they spent on the jewelry and furs and whatnot. Side note, if you listened to the episode before this, which was the Dynasty episode, I forgot to mention how loud the music is this season. So they did a Roaring Twenties episode at La Mirage. It was the theme of the party. 
And when I tell you the extras were doing the absolute most, I forgot to mention that they're definitely in the running for most extra extra award that I will pass out at the end of season three. So go ahead and grab your snack. I would suggest whatever you like. Who am I to tell you what to eat? Eat whatever you want to eat. And let's jump into season three's episode eight, Solitary Confinements. Ladies and gentlemen, I am approximately three minutes and 25 seconds into this new episode and it's already gone down. You ever heard the saying or the sayings, you're not about that life or um, don't start none, won't be none? Clearly, Julia hasn't. She's in prison. Mind you, she has been a wine scientist for the past 20, 25 years. She literally hasn't bust anything other than grapes. Not a move, no one's jaw. She's definitely lacking in the street cared slash self-defense genre. So the scene plays out like this. There's ladies in the kitchen. Mind you, she's in the penitentiary, but she's dressed in all white with a white handkerchief head covering. She looks a whole lot like Meryl Streep in Sophie's Choice when she's, you know, enslaved and whatnot. So Julia's tired, you know, she's not used to manual labor. She does scientific calculations. She gets to sit. Not that I'm saying that work isn't important, but it isn't physically demanding. You know what I'm saying? Washing dishes in a hot room, standing on concrete. It, 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 it takes a toll on the body. So naturally she has a seat and she picks up a cup of water and she starts drinking. But because she is a wealthy heiress, everything she does is heightened. Everything she does gets under the nerves of the regular degular women who are in there for the same crimes. So one of the ladies is beside herself. She can't take it no more. She's like, excuse me, I thought the Duchess only drank wine. Julia ain't trying to hear that. She's like, girl, bye. Anyway, let me sip this water. To add insult to injury, Julia kicks her feet up on a chair and the woman watching her is like, I know this rich heifer is not acting like she needs to recline. I know. Please tell me my eyes are deceiving me. Well, the other women are feeling the same way. She's irritating people. You see, you got to adapt to your environment. Read the room is great advice. Read the room. I'm not saying don't be yourself, but you got to think what is in your best interest. Do you want to piss off these ladies who've been street fighting since they were three years old? Who who know their way around a knife fight and a shank? Well, unfortunately, Julia's not forward thinking enough. She kicks her feet up. The girl's like, yo, get your feet out of my chair. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. I would say this wouldn't be a great episode to do so, but Falcon Crest moves slow enough that you're not really missing much. From time to time, I do like to recant the stories in a more colorful way. I don't lie about anything, but I will extract the essence from a scene versus giving you the verbatim dialogue. And something I like to call soap law theater. So let's set the scene. Julia is dressed in white, like a little white frock. She's got on that handkerchief thing covering her head. So do all the other women in the kitchen who are scrubbing away big metal pots of dishes. It's hot, it's steamy, it sucks. There is a kitchen table, a linoleum table that seats about six people. Julia has had enough. She is fatigued because again, like I said, she is used to doing very light work. She doesn't do physical labor. She probably never washed a dish in her life. And this is just, it's a loss. She decides to take a little breaky poo. 
She sits down in a linoleum chair and she loudly pours herself a glass of water, which pisses off the other inmates because they know she's rich. So it doesn't matter what she does. Any complaint she has is amplified because they're like, okay, this is like the first time you've ever done this. I've been scrubbing dishes since I was six months old, literally. Anyway, she sits down, she kicks her feet up. Now this blonde lady across the table is like, uh, excuse me, wench. That's my seat. Would you mind kindly getting your orthopedic shoes out of my linoleum seat, please, babe? Mind you, she's sitting across the table. So how'd you go up two seats? I digress. Julia is hot, tired, and bothered. So she says, oh, get over it. Something to that effect. Blonde lady. Uh, excuse me, princess. What did you say? What did you tell me? Julia. Crawl back under the rock you came from. Next thing you know. The blonde woman is up on her feet. So are the other women because they cannot believe the disrespect coming from Duchess of York. How dare you? Mrs. Grapes of Wrath herself. How dare you speak to us? So what they do, they hem her up and they drag her over to the sink and they turn on the hot water and they duck her head under the faucet and they make her just bathe. And she's screaming and flailing. Ah! And all I can say is, you know, Julia, I want to feel bad for you. But baby girl, this ain't your life. You know you weren't about that life. All you do is bust grapes. That's it. You can't even talk back to your own mother. You've been controlled for the last 45 years. Now look at you. Damn near drowning under the sink. And you know who cares even less than the girls trying to drown her? The CEO. The CEO who she used to bully as a kid. So she's like, finally, she lets them get, you know, a couple punches in. She lets them damn near drown her. And then she stops the fight. But I'm like, girl, this is three minutes in, Julia, baby girl. This is not for you. She was punked by those other girls who were just sweeping and mopping the floor. All they were doing was talking to her at the regular jail. What would make this woman say, oh, I'm, I'm going to confess. I want to feel good. You got to think smart. Read the room. Know whether or not you're about that life. And don't start none, won't be none. I think that's what I'm going to title this episode. Don't start none, won't be none. Say what you will. I'm about a slow burn, but there is something about the art of anticipation that only heightens the pleasure when it actually happens. So this episode is chock full of the usual. It is a slow burn. Falcon Crest has mastered that. And as I watch this episode, perhaps it's the horses, perhaps it's the veiled mystery within the air. I can't help but think of our single season sensation, the yellow rose. There was an episode where they go out to L.A. and they start interviewing kids who are on the street, homeless kids, if you will. And they provide that that different aspect for the for the audience. They also did that on the Americana episode where there was a Mexican refugee who ran across the border to have her baby. And then there were corrupt U.S. Um, rangers, I guess it would be called, who were trying to exploit her. And then there was a kid named Raul. No, 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 no. Hold on. What is Keisto's real name? I forget. Raymond. Raymond. There was a little kid named Raymond who was an American born citizen, but he had, he felt a way about it because he's like, yeah, you don't care if I'm American born, if I have a Mexican name. It is a hard hitting topics that jump out at us. Now I enjoy my shows. I enjoy my television and Being born in the 80s, I am used to there being a separation between the races when it comes to television. If you feel a way about it, oh, well, I'm I'm a realist. I'm not going to dance around it. This episode of Falcon Crest, 
does include a black man. One of the first I've seen on this show. Now I have looked on Dynasty in Dallas. There's not a lot. We're not sprinkled in there a ton. But ultimately, I can admit it doesn't really change the story very much. But Maggie, if you will. Maggie is on a quest. She's working for the Globe now. So she's trying to find that story. They send her to the racetracks. What I can tell, I'm assuming they just, they assume you're not going to get very much information because racetracks are owned by wealthy people who don't want to divulge a lot of secrets. But she happens upon this really handsome older black gentleman named Teddy Eubanks and he's the only person willing to talk to her. So they start to have a very easy conversation, very relaxed conversation and just shows that like real recognizes real he likes what he does he knows she likes what she does and he don't mind t- spilling the tea because teddy's old and he don't give a damn so they start talking and basically what teddy says is that he would have been a jockey if he had crossed the color lines but then ultimately he got too tall so he couldn't do it he grooms horses now and he really likes it and that the the culture of horse racing has changed over the years. It used to be people who were very serious about it, but now it's like a status thing, which perks Maggie's ear. She's like, she's grateful that he's talking to her. He's not intimidated by her. He's, you know, he's easy to talk to. He's fun. He's knowledgeable. He is absolutely the perfect person to feature in the story. Well, she, you know, he starts pointing out like basically... Anybody can buy a horse now. Most people don't buy who buy horses don't know anything about racing. And she sees Dr. Landry's name. So, of course, that starts niggling in the back of her head. Side note, do you remember last week when we talked about Falcon Crest where I mentioned that Maggie was all of a sudden talking about her rich dad? Guess who pops up? This is the major cleanup on aisle three. This is ammo for my arsenal if you will i don't know what to name this segment but we're gonna we're gonna tie picture like a a a storyboard for detectives it has always been my theory that dallas started this whole craze dallas and its storylines and by us comparing seasons to seasons it's been it's been a huge blessing right all of a sudden Maggie has a rich father who we've never met. Now she has a sister. We actually meet her sister this episode. Her sister appears to be not a, not a hooker, but a sugar baby or something within that, that realm. And she's sleeping with this old man and she has realized that Chase is coming to some money. So sister is about to go to Falcon Crest and visit everybody. A la Kristen in Dallas, season three, season three, episode eight. Maggie's slutty little sister shows up. Dallas season three. Sue Ellen's slutty little sister shows up wanting money. We're going to see how this turns out. I'm more interested in Maggie's um, snooping skills. She's a great reporter. She takes herself very seriously. So I hope she gets to the bottom of Landry. Mind you, Dr. Cousins is still on the prowl. He has he's been confronted by Landry and he's like, yo. You can say what you want about this witch hunt. I know for a fact you tried to kill my cousin. I'm not going to shut up about it until I can prove it without a shadow of a doubt. What else is going on this episode? We are about 18 minutes in. It's actually at the 19 minute mark. 
And Chase is embracing his new money accolades. He's like, yo, I got money now. He's flying planes. I call him the aviator Adonis, but I never, I kind of forgot. He hasn't actually flown a plane since season one, season three. He got back in that plane because you know why he's new money, new money. Who this? He's about to buy a plane. He bought Malgi a powder blue convertible. It's on and popping on this episode. Now, of course, this is called solitary confinement. So Julia, Julia is reeling. She tried to make a complaint with the COs, but they don't care because she used to bully them back in the day. So when she tries to go to her cell, one of the, the inmates grabs her by the neck, hems her up and tells her, I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm going to harass you forever. It is a mess. But I will say I like the Falcon Crest is taking a note from Yellow Rose. Who's to say they were influenced? Who says they weren't? They weren't. I refuse to believe that there wasn't market research done. Yellow Rose wasn't afraid to tackle real topics. Falcon Crest seems to be taking that ploy. Again, they did it in season one. They kind of laid off on season two. They seem to be back at it on season three. I really do hope you guys join me on watching these shows on freebie which is in the amazon prime app i just have to stop midway through i'm about 29 minutes through the episode and there are several things that i have left out i'm going to leave out cole's storyline because it is it's beginning to become a little bit more interesting but ultimately it's just it's just all right i don't really need to mention it it doesn't change anything else but here are a few tidbits so melissa has decided she's gonna leave lance and she's still trying to push onto Richard that this is his baby, even though he's had a vasectomy many, many moons ago. So he knows what's up. He's going to play dumb for as long as he needs to. Maggie decided to buy the plane for Chase. So it's like new money's being spent. Everyone is sort of relaxing into their roles except Julia. Now, Julia is getting beat up and beat down from can't see in the morning to can't see at night. She can't stand it. She's like, mommy, please, mama, mama, please help me out. This is the first time in her life that Angela's influence hasn't stopped her from being harassed. So she's not dealing with it well, to say the least. And I mean, how could you? You're, you're confined into a small space. You are surrounded by women who hate you for no real reason other than the fact that they know that you're wealthy. And ultimately, Angela's like, you're still my daughter. I have to make sure that everything is everything. So what she does is she pulls the CEO aside. She convinces the CEO to come down to Falcon Crest. And she tells her, listen, girl, make my baby stay good. Make sure it's Gucci. I'll make sure you have money every month. And the CEO's like, well, how much? She's like, mm, how's $1,000 a month? Now, I did the math. $1,000 a month in 1983 is about $3,000 today. That's a pretty substantial amount of money for most people. That could be a month's worth of income. So the CEO is like, okay, cool. I'll do what you need me to do and we'll see what happens. So shade, but no shade. I have noticed that on all of these shows, a woman of a certain age will always wear pantyhose. Those of you born within my generation, Gen X too. I don't think Gen X works. We don't really do pantyhose. We do tights under a dress. We do leggings. We do different things like that, but pantyhose are hot and obnoxious and very uncomfortable. I have very distinct memories of being a little girl standing up on a cushion on the couch as my mom tries to put on pantyhose so we can go to church and they were always uncomfortable. She pinched my legs and it was just, it was a hassle. Like you couldn't really 
express yourself fully because if they got a run in them, they had to do the whole clear nail polish. Please don't act like y'all don't remember the clear nail polish. It was a whole thing. But as I watched this, I remember the episode where Sue Ellen is laid out by the pool, but she has on a swimsuit. She's an amazing body, but she's wearing lycra. She's wearing pantyhose. Julia is resting in her cell on this episode and she has on pantyhose. That generation was indoctrinated with the thought that you have to wear pantyhose. And it makes me think of the movie Still Magnolias starring uh, Sally Field, Julia Roberts, uh, Dolly Parton. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the most important person. It'll come to me later. But anyways, there's a line in the movie where Dolly Parton is talking to one of the other ladies and she says, I haven't been out of the house without lycra on my legs since I was 14 years old. And the other lady tells her, well, that's because you were raised right. I'm start, dude, can you imagine having to wear pantyhose on top of all the, let's be real. My generation, we, we care. We care about looking cute occasionally, but loungewear is a very large part of our lives. It's at least 60% of my life. I have more pairs of joggers and comfortable clothing. I mean, the standard has been dropped. You know what I'm saying? The standard has been dropped. You don't need to wear a button-up blouse anywhere you go. You don't have to wear dresses everywhere you go. So it, it everything hits a little bit differently. But I'm just thinking to myself, putting on Lycra, it's one thing to take care of your body. It's one thing to feel proud of, of how you look. But if you can't wear a bathing suit without wearing nylons, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine is the other actress in the show. She plays Weezer in Still Magnolias. If you've never seen it, I I highly recommend this. Bring a box of tissues with you too because it's it's a tearjerker. Colin Crosby ends on a weird note. Her sister shows up, Maggie's sister, I think her name is Terry. She shows up out of the blue. She's been struggling to get there. She got like a flat tire. She is clearly the harlot of the show now. She's like seducing men Older men is her preference, and she knows that they have new money, so she's there to sink her teeth into that. She shows up, she hugs Maggie, and Maggie's happy to see her, of course, but when she announces that she's staying and that she might like it, she, uh, Maggie and Chase share a look that's like, oh my god, here we go. Nothing too much. Um, the handsome black doctor decided he was going to quit after Dr. Cousins, aka Michael, spoke to him about not being controlled by Angela. He decides that he's going to step down. He's going to retire. He's going to do other things. And he's going to give, what do they call the resident? Whatever the head doctor position is going to go to Dr. Cousins, AKA Michael. That's it. That's all. It seems like they are just setting the stage. Nothing major at all happened this episode. Julia is in prison after Angela's help. The, the CEO was suddenly very kind to her. She's giving her booze. So I imagine she's going to be, develop some sort of alcohol problem. And there was going to be a fight in the kitchen, but it stopped because the other inmates understand now that she's protected by the CEO. So now they're treating her a little bit differently. But all in all, this was an okay episode. It was, I mean, nothing too big, nothing too small. Couple of recent developments, but I feel like this is, the jumping off point. Episode eight is clearly the beginning of something very new for all the characters involved. All right. 
That's it. That's all for Falcon Crest. We will jump into Dallas next. I'll see you guys very soon. Remember to mind your business, stay hydrated, stay moisturized, and keep all of your drama on TV.